guys, welcome back to Astrology and You. This week, um, we have a really interesting topic that we've wanted to talk about for a while. It's all about planetary returns. So this is talking about like Saturn return, which you may have heard about, but also solar return, lunar return, Venus, Mercury, Mars, like all the returns. And yeah, we're excited to dive deeper into that. Yes, we're so excited because I feel like a lot of the times people have heard about Saturn return, but there's actually for every planet, there's a return in your birth chart. And it's super significant for understanding like how you're coming into those planetary energies and themes in your life. Yeah. And I really wanted to like differentiate between these returns because sometimes when I post like, oh, it's my solar return, which is like on your birthday every year, someone will be like, oh my God, happy Saturn return. I'm like, no, that's, it's not the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So this will like help you to not make that mistake. Or if you are curious, you'll by the end of this, definitely understand what the differences are. Yes. Like a Saturn return is so different than a solar return. I know like solar return (laughs) literally happens every single year. Um, but yeah, we're going to get into that. So do you want to kick off like talking about the transits for the week? We only really have one big one we wanted to discuss. Yeah. So we wanted to share that Mercury goes retrograde in Libra and that starts Sunday, September 26th. So when you're listening to this, if you're listening to it the first day, it's out. Yeah. So we just break it like let's break it down like pretty easily um not spend a ton of time on mercury retrograde this time we do have a full episode we did on it and like what it means from back in february when we first started the podcast so go back and listen if you want more info on mercury retrograde in general but this one's in libra so i do feel like there's a lot of realizing maybe how you want to communicate better in your relationships or it could be you're thinking a lot about the partnerships in your life and like what kind of friends you want to surround yourself with what kind of romantic relationship or business partnership you want to have or how you can do things differently there I just feel like a lot of reflection on all partnerships across all of your life definitely and I actually wanted to emphasize too like Mercury retrograde and Libra it has a lot to do with like reworking relationships but that doesn't mean that it's necessarily about breakups I get a lot of people who like come for readings and then they're worried about that and it really with all of these transits it's going to affect everyone differently and like how strong your relationship is or how much you're willing to like put in the work there that will really show how this retrograde will affect you yeah and it it definitely matters like where libra is in your chart like what house does libra rule in your chart because that's the area where you will feel the retrograde the most so some for some people that may be romantic relationship while others it could be that they have a Libra 10th house and it's all about career and what they want to do differently there Mm -hmm. yeah and so like you know if it's 10th house it might be like relationships and work like your coworkers, setting boundaries um I definitely think that Mercury and retrograde in Libra will have you reflecting a lot on your communication skills too yeah so double check any emails or texts you want to send I always just find um I always find that like things that have been bothering you for the weeks leading up to Mercury retrograde, like a problem you're having with a friend or something at work, it becomes like almost something you can't avoid talking about when Mercury stations retrograde and like goes retrograde at that very beginning part. It's like, I have to get out how I'm feeling. I have to tell this person now. Yeah. So just being like, yeah. So I guess just being like careful about how you're going about doing that. Cause I have had people like 
confront me and I've been confronting people during Mercury retrograde and it didn't go over so well. So maybe just being gentler or giving more thought before you get upset with someone. Mm. It'll be interesting too, because Libra is such a sign when Mercury is there that does make you think before you speak. So maybe that'll be like aided a little bit, but yeah. um, I like don't avoid conflict. I wouldn't say, but yeah, definitely like you were saying, Alice, like to be mindful and thoughtful about like how you want to approach it. Mm-hmm. Another big theme I noticed come up with Mercury retrograde in general is just feeling confused or not sure of like what you're doing with your life or where you're going I always just find that that's really strong during the retrograde but after the retrograde clears you have a better idea of what your next steps need to be so I wouldn't get so frustrated if you aren't really knowing what to do with like a piece of writing or a project you're working on or what exactly is happening with career like you will figure it out when it stations direct um which is October 19th I believe Mm. No, that's a really good point to bring up as well, because um, especially on the backdrop of like, this isn't just a retrograde for Mercury, <laughs> like there's like all of the outer planets are retrograde as well. So it's like a lot of needing to really like pause, like take a few steps back. So that way, once these planets go direct, you just feel like you are being slingshotted forward, like you're actually kind of like I don't know, tying up loose ends and kind of like finishing things that you've been meaning to work on for a while, but maybe I've been putting off and then like going forward, I feel like it'll help as it gets closer to winter to just have like that forward momentum. Yeah, I think the momentum will pick up so much in October because we have Saturn and Jupiter um, coming out of retrograde as well. Finally. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So October is going to be great. Yes, I'm so excited for October. Okay, so let's let's dive into our topic. I'm so excited for this one today, Alice. Yes. Um, so like we said, we're talking all about planetary returns, all the planets, um, except for Neptune and Pluto. You'll never experience those in your lifetime. <laughs> Unless you live um, like two centuries for Pluto. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, every single planet has a return. Um, and a way you can... We wanted to touch upon like how you can look it up. So astro.com, like when you go in to enter your birth chart, there's also a drop down that like where you can choose what type of chart you want to look at if you don't want to look at just birth chart. And there are options for solar and lunar return charts that you can click on. Um, For those, we always set like, because you have to set the city where you want to be looking at it. We always set it just as the same as the birth city. I think Maxine, like you and I both found that to be the most accurate, just keeping the city consistent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If you change the location, that maybe could give you a different perspective if you wanted more info. But yeah, birth city for sure. Yeah. And then also AstroSeek. So horoscopes.astro-seek.com. You can look at, like, I think on the home page, if you scroll down somewhere in there, it says, like, return charts for all planets. And that you can literally pull up a chart for every single yes. planet return. And it is so addicting. Alice and I actually, before <laughs> recording this, spent, like, almost two hours just talking about our returns for, like, 50 years in the future. So <laughs> It was crazy. I was like, what was, what was my Venus return in 1997? Like, it was... <laughs> We were just going through it all. Yeah, yeah. so it is really, really fun to look at um, and addicting. But I, I love AstroSeek because it does have just – you can make a chart for anything on AstroSeek, I feel like. 
Yeah, Aster Seek's my favorite. I like, I love it a lot. Um, what I wanted to say is like, with the returns, like what exactly that is. So it is when a planet, so you have your birth chart and planets are positioned at exact degrees within that birth chart. And the return is when that planet returns to where it was in the sky at the exact moment you were born. So some planets that takes a shorter amount of time, like the moon has a return every 28 days. The sun has a return every 365 days, like on your birthday every year. Um, But then other planets like Saturn, that return is only every 29 years. Uranus is only 84 years. So there's ones you feel a lot more frequently than others. Yeah, that's a really good point to bring up. So like the name is like couldn't be more obvious. Like it literally is when that planet returns to its spot. So you can have solar returns for the sun, lunar returns for the moon, um, and so on for all of the planets in your birth chart. And I kind of think of the planets, if you think of like the definitions associated with each planet, like the sun is yourself, the moon's your emotions and home or like intimate relationships, Venus is like money, friends, um, romance, like at that return, I feel like there's a reset of energy related to that planet. Yes. I love to explain returns as just a reset button for that area of your life as defined by like what is associated with that planet. Yeah. So like solar return, like what, how's your sense of self? Like, how do you want to be seen? That is kind of reset every year at your birthday. That's why you feel a different energy set in around the time of your birthday and you have different priorities for yourself and different goals. Um, whereas with like a Mars return that happens every two years, like I definitely notice there's a reset of like, where do you want to be directing your energy and like, what do you really want to be working towards? Oh yeah. It's like what really matters depending upon that planet. And then where do you want to put your energy and your time? Like it's a lot about really reflecting. I feel like during a return on like where you've been focusing and investing your time regards to that planet and then like okay going forward what do I want to do differently what worked well and what do I need to kind of pivot yeah and with all the returns it's like you kind of feel it coming um a a little while before the actual return happens so with the solar return which happens every year on your birthday you feel that tends to be like two to three months ahead of your birthday you start to feel that with a lunar return it's like two to three days um Saturn return I feel like you can feel it coming like a year in advance and also important to note is it varies per by person and also like your level of awareness you know like some people are really attuned to Saturn so they're going to feel Saturn more obviously earlier there are some people who might feel things and just ignore all the signs and like push everything under the rug I always find that that's a little trickier for those people because that return will just kind of like it's gonna show up anyway in some way so if you're ignoring it like it's just kind of comes as a shock more so yeah I was literally gonna say it's a shock yeah (laughs) (laughs) which I've definitely experienced so I'm not above that but it is really helpful like I always I I love to think of it as this kind of like choice or coercion like the planet's when you're aware of your returns, it can really help you to ease into that solar return, that new energy for your birthday that coming year, for example. And then when you're not, you're kind of like coerced or like forced into changing in certain ways. Mm -hmm. And it can kind of catch you off guard. Yeah, that's 
Yeah, you put that perfectly. Um, do you want to, so we're going to go through every single planet and what their returns might mean or how to interpret it. Do you want to start with solar returns? Yes, let's do solar returns. So Alice and I love looking at solar returns. <laughs> um, I get so excited about the next solar return. I'm like same. six months out from my birthday. I'm like, can we get to the next one? Like, let's yeah. go. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. And your solar return, it's like, it really is this giant, like, it's kind of like your own personal new year. So like January 1st for, you know, the new year, but like your own personal new year where I actually like feel this new energy and excitement kind of bubbling up with possibility that is around your birthday and the solar return. Exactly. It can be like the, your birthday itself, or it can actually fall like two days before or after your birthday. Yeah, because it's like the sun's not always in the exact same position at the same date and time. So some like my birthday is January 25th, but I think the solar return ends up being January 26th some years. Um, but yeah, what I was going to say is you usually feel that solar return energy building up like two to three months before your birthday. So I don't know. It's important to like keep track of like if you just notice if you start keeping track or like you reflect back on the past, how did certain circumstances in your life or relationships change right around that time of your birthday, either like a couple months before, a couple months after, um, because usually you get like a whole different like vibe around mm -hmm. that time. Yeah. It's like, and you can actually feel it so strongly. Like I know I always sense like whenever right around my birthday, I'm always like, I know some different energy is coming. So it can kind of be like, you know, I think sometimes when people feel a sense around their birthday of kind of like nostalgia, like if, you know, if like just kind of reflecting on the previous year, that kind of can help you to let go of that kind of excess energy from the year before. So you can welcome in this new energy that's coming on. Yeah. And it's also interesting to look at like not only yourself, but other people in your life. Like when did people get into like really significant relationships or when did they start a new job or quit a job or have stuff in their family, like stress develop there? Anything like major like that can usually be traced back to like the immediate months around your birthday. Mm. Yeah. And so I think also too, it's like really important to note that sometimes even with the solar return, it is so important to note that like you are being given this opportunity to like more deeply evolve or like change in different ways so sometimes like we can feel really blocked before our birthday because it's just like the energy hasn't fully been presented to us but we know there's things we want to change mm -hmm. so and like I, yeah it's yeah it's kind of like a waiting game like just literally wait till your birthday and things become yeah <laughs> like set in motion more Totally. Yeah. Like, even though you can feel it, I did want to emphasize like your birthday itself, like when that solar return happens, it's kind of like the door opens, like you can kind of see what's in the other room. But until your birthday solar return, that's not like usually I feel like you're you have greater access to it um, at that solar return. Yeah. And I use uh, I mean, we both use like solar returns as kind of a prediction technique to show how that person's going to be feeling that certain year, what's going to be important to them, what is going to be maybe more stressful to them. And the way you can look at a solar return is you can pull up a standalone chart, which we mentioned can be found on astro.com or astroseek. Um, and that's just like, it can be read just like a birth chart, but as a chart that only exists for that particular year. Mm, that's or, a good way of putting it. 
Yeah, it's also like very important to look at the solar return in relation to the natal. So like how is it paused on the natal chart like around it? So it's basically like a transit to the natal chart that's like frozen in time on the date of the birthday. Yes, that's a great way of putting it, Alice. And I, I do emphasize the solar return overlaid on the birth chart more just because I feel like I've seen that to be like the most like obvious manifestations. But I love how you put it too. It's like important to look at both, feel it out. And then also um, it really kind of shows the feeling of the year, like kind of where that person's heart is, so to, so to speak. Yeah, because sometimes like there'll be all this hype around a particular transit. Like I had a client, um, she had an Aquarius rising. And as we know, Jupiter and Saturn are both in Aquarius this year. She's like, I've been reading all this stuff about how like this is supposed to be this huge year for me. I'm supposed to have all this stuff happen to me. And like, I'm not, I just feel really stressed out. And so I pull up the solar return chart, the standalone, and she literally has all of the Aquarius in her sixth house in that chart, which is a lot about like taking care of mundane tasks every day, like really annoying, like little small work responsibilities, like very draining. Yeah. And like also focusing on health a lot. And I was like, well, has like health been a huge priority for you? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, your solar return is pointing (laughs) to something else. Like you're feeling, you're feeling the big energy around your Aquarius rising, mostly in the sphere of work and health. So it kind of shows like how that transit is manifesting exactly for that person. Mm, Yes, I love that example. And that also brings up a really good point too, because I feel like sometimes with, you know, astrology, it's so easy to hyper-focus on like certain things like, oh, this is going to be so huge. And then you kind of like almost feel a little bit deflated if you like pump it up too much, you know? So like not to overemphasize something, like sometimes how the solar return chart plays out can be a lot more subtle. So I feel like it's important like going into any predictive technique not to be like too, um, I don't know, just to kind of like keep your expectations in check as well. Mm-hmm. I find I always fall into into this trap every single year. I'm like, I look at the solar return, no matter what it is, I'm like, this is going to be the best year ever. Like literally start of 2020, I had like three or four planets in the 12th house. I'm like, this is going to be the best year ever. Like that's going to be about me developing psychic abilities, like becoming (laughs) so intuitive. And then 2020 starts, my birthday's in January. Like it kicks in February, March go by. It's literally like me alone during COVID. (laughs) Just in your Um, house alone. (laughs) Like work stuff totally falls through, have no energy for anything. I get COVID too. So that's like such, that's really how the 12th house solar return developed (laughs) not how I necessarily wanted it or expected it to I love that example Alice and it's it's like (laughs) such a good example like it's so like yeah that definitely resonates um so maybe we can get into a couple of examples um so do you want to start with like maybe we can go back and forth on like our own personal examples of like love first Yeah. So like, let's talk about like what was going on in our solar return when we met our current partners. Cause I feel like that's a big question. Cause sometimes when I do look at clients solar returns and they have like Venus and the sun in the seventh house, like my initial instinct is to be like, Oh, there's like going to be a relationship this year, but then they'll come back to me and they're, they're like, nothing happened. Um, so I do feel like that's when it is important to overlay it with the natal chart really because there has to be significant transits going on in order for that relationship to 
manifest. It can't just be like a solar return seventh house. Okay, I love that you brought this up. And we kind of touched on this, but just to super emphasize, like in predictive astrology, you have to look at other like multiple things at the same time. Like the increasing certainty happens that some event will happen or some relationship will form when you're looking at like maybe the solar returns, solar arcs, progressions, like regular transits. I don't know. Like it's just important to see the fuller picture for sure. I have a funny story. Like when I first started dating my now boyfriend, I got my hands on his birth time before we even met. And I'm looking back at like 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, like a few years, I saw like such a seventh house heavy solar return. Oh Oh my God. Like he definitely had a relationship. He was seeing someone. I'm so jealous. Serious. Yeah. And then like we talk and he's like, no, I haven't dated anyone since college. And I'm like, wait, (laughs) why is it in the solar return then? And it was just because the transits were not lined up for him to meet anyone until this year. Yes, I love that. Like, that's a perfect example. Um, so but it could also, have been like, like mm-hmm. I was just going to say, like, it could have been like relationship focused for sure that year, but not yeah. romantic relationship. Yes, that. And also, too, I find sometimes like our solar return can have like delayed manifestations. Like, if you have a super heavy fifth house, like, maybe that manifests like as you really are finding it. Like you're reframing how you think about relationships. Maybe you want to be in one, but there's like some work to get there first. Mm-hmm. One last thing I want to say before we dive into our examples, I keep like delaying this, but like take a transit, for example, like the eclipses in the first and seventh house, like that one could be translated so many different ways. Like whenever I see first house eclipse and someone's like, what does this mean for me? I'm like, it can really mean a lot, but basically it means you turning in a new life direction and uncovering different sides of yourself that's when the solar return comes in so comes in so much handy wait that that isn't yeah like comes comes in handy (laughs) um that's when the solar return comes in handy because it shows what that eclipse is triggering like are they becoming a new person at work are they becoming a new person because of a relationship um so it just gives another layer of how to interpret that Yeah. I love how when you put like all these different techniques together, it can get so weirdly specific and like so accurate. Okay. Let's do our examples. Okay. Do you want to go first, Alice? Yeah. So I met my partner. It was really funny. Um, at my birthday, exactly on my birthday, we went out to dinner Maxine with a few of our friends and I was saying, oh, it's so weird. Like I've never had a relationship around the time of my birthday. <laughs> I remember um, this. It's never before. happened. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I don't know what's wrong with my chart. A week later, I get a message from my now boyfriend on Instagram. So power that it works. Um, and I remember basically- telling you, I was like, Alice, no, like you need to change your mindset. Like you will like for sure. It could be this year. <laughs> that was crazy. That was awesome. Um, but what was going on was I had... It really appears more with the solar return transits overlaid with the natal because in the solar return, Jupiter, Saturn, and the sun were all conjunct on the natal sun in the seventh house of my chart. So there was like so much like outer planet, um, strong like growth and like taking responsibility and commitment directed towards relationships in my natal chart. Mm. Yeah, I think that's actually a really like um, important part to touch on the outer planets. That was that I always see that when people like actually are able to kind of like 
transform themselves to kind of get to that next evolution of like almost being the partner that they would want for themselves in a sense like you know like a lot of up leveling another way it showed up was like yes that's a lot of partnership energy but outside of the romantic relationship if we're looking at the standalone solar chart solar return chart for me this year all of those natal seventh house planet so jupiter saturn sun all clustered in the seventh house um when it's overlaid with natal when that was in the standalone solar return it was all in the ninth house and we like me and you have a partnership that's related to teaching and astrology and spirituality so it definitely showed up that way too oh my gosh wait at that reminds me too i remember we were talking before you met jesse we were like, you were like, no, I think like all of this is just showing up in our partnership, like a <laughs> business partnership. You're like, if that's all it is, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> so annoying. But I also had Venus Pluto in the eighth house of the standalone solar return, which I think is a lot about like transforming how I approach relationships, my attitude towards them, patterns. And like, this is a relationship like no other I've been in. Like, it's actually like serious and more adult like, whereas before it was literally... Just like fuck boys. <laughs> no, I I think that's a really good point to bring up though too. Like literally transformation with emotional intimacy. Yeah. Okay. So what was happening when you met Nick, which was a while ago? Yeah. So it was almost seven years ago now um, when we were recording this podcast, but there it was actually really interesting I wanted to touch on it because I think sometimes some planets in astrology get such a bad reputation but they were present the solar return before we met so for example I had the ascendant was in Pisces with the moon and Neptune and Chiron and Venus all conjunct (laughs) so it was like a lot of energy but the most exact aspect there was like the moon conjunct Chiron and Chiron for those of you guys who don't know is considered the wounded healer in astrology like if some people were to see that in a birth or like in a solar return they might be like oh that might be a tricky year emotionally for you but actually how that manifested for me was like me working on myself like getting really realistic about like how I wasn't treating my body very well I was drinking too much like you know I like started yoga I bought a yoga mat like ate healthy cut out dairy all the stuff so all of that had Mm -hmm. to happen before I met Nick that's really interesting and then I bet the 2015 one which was like a few months after you had been together was like really relationship focused because by then it was already like something that was more solid and committed yeah it was super relationship focused actually like if I pull it up um but I'm curious yeah (laughs) um yeah there was a ton going on in like if you look at the year after we were together um I had like moon and Jupiter in the third house for example Mm. did you have anything in the seventh I had Saturn there that's yeah (laughs) so that was like and it was almost on my descendant um yeah so that was like huge but Yeah. And then also, too, I wanted to add, I think um, like I had Mars in the fifth house of my natal, like the the solar return Mars was aspecting my fifth house of like true love and romance. And it really like also asked me, I think, to be like more authentic myself. I kind of seeing where I was 
playing roles and how I could kind of come back to like who I felt I was so I could like reflect like really attract someone who like was someone who I wanted to be with and someone who accepted me yeah so like as an overarching theme when you're looking for like love and relationships and the solar return it's gonna be a lot of the time it's gonna be what are the what is the solar return doing to the natal in regards to like the fifth and the seventh houses but then like in a standalone solar return chart are there seventh house planets are there fifth house are there eighth house planets yeah yeah and I also wanted to add to I think like it's so important when you're looking at a return tar- chart to look at whatever that return planet is especially so like my solar return you look to the sun and it's actually sometimes can be super literal like I had Mercury conjunct my son for that solar return when I met Nick and he's a Gemini so Mercury is the ruling planet of Gemini and I actually can see that playing out like kind of literally sometimes with the people you'll surround yourself with or attract into your life wait that's crazy because the one from this year I have sun conjunct Jupiter and like my oh my gosh <laughs> partner is a Sagittarius rising I love that. Yeah, like this, it's so weird how literal it is. So it's kind of fun to play with that too. One year, 2018, I had a Virgo rising in the solar return and I was surrounded by Virgos that year. I was dating someone that was a Virgo. I had a horrible roommate who was a Virgo and I think there was someone else, but it's like interesting to see how that solar return ascendant or descendant lines attracts people with those qualities. Yes. No, definitely. So that's interesting to look at too. Like I was even thinking the year before I met Nick, Alice, like you and I were already friends, but we spent like that whole summer together and I had like so many planets in Pisces and you're a Pisces moon. Yeah. So that is like a little taste of like love and solar return, how it can manifest. Um, And then let's do career. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe, yeah, we'll do that first. Yeah, we'll do career and then we'll look at really rough years. Yeah. (laughs) Um, For career, I mean, obviously it's similar to like how we kind of talk about transits to the birth chart with career stuff but I notice in huge career years there's usually an emphasis even in the standalone solar return chart on the second 10th and sixth houses of it so like thinking back in recent really significant career years for me 2017 I moved to New York got the job working at Vogue and that was like major breakthrough about less than a month after my birthday so less than a month after this solar return chart had gone into effect I had um, Venus. Wait, hold on. I need to pull this up. I had a lot. I had a 10th house stellium, basically. There was like Venus, the node, um, the moon. There was like a lot, Neptune. There was a lot clustered in the 10th house. Mars was there too. And so that entire year, that kind of set the stage for all my energy being directed towards career and like really get building a reputation within what I do for work yeah and that was so crazy how it just literally like as we were talking about earlier your solar return happens and then it manifests so quickly sometimes like literally within like a couple weeks um and then 2019 was when I quit my job and set off to be an astrologer and that happened a week after my birthday so once again like really noticing it going into effect super quickly And in that solar return standalone chart, I had Venus 
conjunct Jupiter in the second house. So the second house themes are like making your name for yourself, making your own business, um, making more money. And like having Venus and Jupiter there like was so supportive and like I was making way more money than I was at the job I had just left. Like work opportunities were coming so easily. Such so a good I really one. I could not have chosen a better year to <laughs> quit my job. Yeah. And like that's what's really cool too about solar returns is you can, knowing this technique, like look to see what would be a great year to take a risk like that. Yeah, because like some I mean, in any other year, maybe it would have been like I quit my job and like I was freaking mm-hmm. like, what if I had waited till January, 2020, <laughs> I would be like freaking out. Yeah. I know your solar return for that. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So it is really beautiful. And I, th- I think an important thing to note about that is like, even if you don't know your solar return, you sense it like intuitively, there's some inner knowing in you that, you know, like there's something shifting. I feel supported. I'm going to go for it. And it usually is mirrored in your birth, your um, solar return yeah and this isn't always like positive stuff that happens as we're about to talk about like sometimes you start to feel like really heavy emotions and like kind of depressed around the time of your birthday and this was true for both of us for the year 2012 like that's probably my, the worst solar return I could pull up for myself it was like like Neptune was on the ascendant Chiron was on the ascendant I definitely had like some body issues that year was just drinking so much, not showing up to class at college, failing some classes, and really distraught about um, my dating life and like guys I was obsessed with. And that definitely showed up in the solar return. Yeah, and and definitely the same. Like that that year, the same with me. It was like a huge huge year for like self criticism, and that showed up in the solar return. Um, And also I recently had a solar return that had like a huge emphasis in the eighth house. Like it was like Saturn, the moon, Mars, Mars with conjunct Saturn in my eighth house. And that was actually like a year that was where I was like losing a lot of people who are really close to me. So, um, so yeah, it definitely isn't always positive. (laughs) just stuff like that um but it is helpful to know like not in like a doomy way like oh this year's gonna suck but it actually helps you so that way you're kind of like okay like some things might not go my way and just kind of finding a way to be okay with that even before things happen and I know that isn't always helpful for everyone but for me it really kind of allows me to be like not caught so off guard if that makes sense Yeah. And also like, I love looking into the future. I'm like, what's going to be a massive career year? And like the solar return will tell that it's like, okay, I, I'm not going to be that. I mean, I probably still will be a little frustrated right now. Yeah. It wouldn't be as much, (laughs) it wouldn't be as much anxiety as I normally would have without astrology. Cause I could see like, oh, five years from now, it'll be an entirely different story at my birthday. Like career stuff will be blowing up and I can like just have peace knowing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, especially too, I I really like to highlight the rising sign for solar return. So like I find a lot of years where I had a Virgo rising in the solar return was really hard on me because that is the, that's like in my birth chart, a sign that's really challenging for me. So it represents a lot of healing. And so when I have that in a solar return, it's like, okay, what are my tools that I can fall back on? Like who who's my support system like all of that it just kind of helps you to prepare more and also like what 
what um, house is the, so if you're looking at the solar return rising sign, what house is that highlighting in your birth chart? So like for a Virgo rising year for you, that's highlighting your fourth house, which is like really emotional, family oriented, um, which can be tough for you. And like also like deeper emotions and like the past are all called to the attention that year. Whereas like (laughs) if you had like a Pisces, the way it would differ is like if you had a Pisces rising for a solar return, that would be like very career focused. Like you're working hard. You might be getting career attention. Whereas if I had a Pisces rising for the solar return, that's my eighth house. So that's going to be really, really difficult. And a lot of like power struggles with myself for like a lot of deep inner transformation. Yeah, that's a good, good way to emphasize it. Um, and I did want to go back to my example for the the work. Um, so just to like emphasize this, like how accurate it is for my solar return 2021, most recently, I had Saturn exactly conjunct my midheaven, like to the degree. And that represented not only me like fully working for myself as an astrologer, but also we moved homes like out of state. And that was solar return overlaid with natal, right? Yep. Yeah. Not standalone. Right. Okay. Yeah. So like just to um, emphasize again, like so important to look at solar return with natal and then also standalone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like my standalone, I wouldn't have like you can actually see that in the standalone too, because that was my fourth house of that year, which has to do with a home. So like tying in those themes really strongly. Mm hmm. Okay, let's move on to lunar return because we've spent a lot of time on solar. We're not going to spend as much time on all the other ones. Yeah. I just, just feel like solar on. and lunar are like the ones I use the most in readings and like mm-hmm. with clients. So those I just, I see like, those as way yeah. more important. Like I love solar returns so much. I literally have an option to just get a solar return reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are good. Okay, so a lunar return's a little shorter because the moon returns to its natal position about every 28 days or so. So a lunar return shows what the vibe is for a month. Whereas the solar return is what is the vibe for the year starting your birthday? The lunar return is like, what's the vibe for that 28-day, four-week period? (laughs) I love how you phrase that. Yeah, that's perfect. And um, yeah, it really shows... I find like at the time of the lunar return, so like if you have a Gemini moon and the moon's currently in Gemini, that would be your lunar return. And I find that kind of significant events, if they're going to happen that month, tend to happen right around that time the moon returns to its sign. So like, let's say, let's say you've been working really hard and you're going to have an article come out, like some press around your work or like attention from that or like a book you've been working on, like what month is it going to come out? The lunar return can be like very telling with that because it can show like around what specific date that month um, that could happen. Mm. And I actually really see the lunar return as something where like it has so much to do with my emotions that are going on and so like if I know I'm like oh my gosh I don't know why I'm like crying every day (laughs) like what is going on it's I always can look at my lunar return and it's so accurate, but also it's so nice to know like, okay, like when I have my lunar return a week from now, it will be better. (laughs) Yeah. So like it's, I feel like with the lunar return, you feel the emotions associated with it. Like whatever's represented in that lunar return chart, you feel it really strongly, like the first week 
that that chart goes into effect. And then as the month continues on, it kind of like fades out or isn't as strong. And then it prepares for the next one. Mm -hmm. And I would also add like just generally whenever the moon is in the sign that your birth chart or natal moon is in. So like my moon is Scorpio. Whenever the moon's in Scorpio, like that's around the time of your lunar return it's always a great restart button for nurturing yourself for like kind of thinking, okay, like, you know, how can I take care of myself better? Even in mundane things, like have I been keeping a good routine, sleep schedule? Have I been drinking enough water? Like I always find those themes just like pop up around that lunar return. I always like feel a shift of energy, like if like for instance my lunar return literally just happened two days ago because the moon just came out of Pisces and I have a Pisces moon natally and like I got all this like motivation to start reading a lot and like restructuring my schedule differently and that hadn't been happening before the lunar return so it's like noticing like little tiny shifts like that like how am I prioritizing some things that I wasn't the week before Oh my gosh. And I have the perfect example of this. So like my lunar return, um, last like two lunar returns ago when I was super emotional, it was like a huge emphasis on a lot of like water planets, let's just say. And so I knew it was going to be more emotional. Whereas as soon as my most recent lunar return happened, I had like a Leo rising, like everything turned to like fire and like more inspiring like more motivated signs and I just felt so much better about life like more optimistic Mm -hmm. I really like using the lunar return for predictions too because sometimes again like the transit won't tell you the full picture so if someone's like when am I going to hear back about this job opportunity I'll like look through the lunar returns and the second I see like one that has a 10th house or a 6th house or a 2nd house heavy emphasis, I'm like probably around this date. And that's really how I nail down more specific dates when something might happen rather than being like, okay, it might happen in September. It's like, what date in September is it most likely to happen? And it's usually when that lunar return goes into effect. That's a really good point. And I know you do use that a lot more than me too, like in readings um, for predictive stuff. I think... It's important to note that although lunar returns will show more so the emotions, like that is a reflection of maybe what is happening that are events in your life. Like if you are hearing back from a job or you are like going on another date with that person, like you will, that will show up in your lunar return because you'll be excited or you'll be like not as happy about it, you know? So it's a good point. Yeah. How I kind of do it is I do it as a second layer to the transit. So it's like, okay, are there job emphasis in the transit chart like are the are transits going through the 10th second or six and if they are then I nail down the exact date with the lunar return but if they aren't in the transit it's kind of unlikely that the lunar return even if there is career stuff will be as big or significant because the the transit isn't there to back it up so going back to what we said before there have to be multiple things going on at once Mm, yes exactly and the more there are the more certain it is Yeah. And I do think with the lunar return, just one last point on it before we move on. um, The house that the moon is in is like super important. Like that shows where the emotions are tied to that month. So if it's in the 12th house, that's a month where you might feel more isolated or just need to be alone a lot more. Where if it's in the fifth house, that's going to be such a fun and social month where you like might be dating or seeing friends a lot more. 
I love a fifth house. I was just going to say, I'm always like, (laughs) when I do readings or like even for a solar return, like I know we already touched on that, but fifth house moon is just like, oh, so such a good year. (laughs) That's the best. That and third house are my favorite for Mm. lunar return and also solar return. Yeah. I like, I like one in the 11th house. I feel like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That too. (laughs) We have a lot of favorites. Um, But yeah. And definitely like. There are some, like I would say, moon in the fourth house is really tricky, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Or eighth or twelfth. Um, twelfth. Twelfth is like the one I like hide from in six. Because <laughs> I know there's going to be something with health that comes up or mental health. Or yep. I'm yeah. going to be so overwhelmed with work that I just like break down. Mm. I love moon in the first house. And I know we kind of differ there. <laughs> yeah, I don't love that. <laughs> I love this. Um, Okay, so that's like a good taste of the lunar return and of the solar return. Again, those are so, so important because the sun and moon are termed the luminaries and they really do reflect a lot that you are experiencing in your inner world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like I put the most emphasis on those and those are the ones I regularly implement in readings, whereas the ones we're about to talk about next, I rarely do these in readings unless someone's like, I need to know what this returns about. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So let's actually hop into those like lesser known ones, I feel like. Yeah, so we're going to go into Mars, Mercury, and Venus returns. Um, Mars, I tend to place a little more emphasis on this one because it's a it's kind of more rare that it occurs. A Mars return happens about every two years, give or take a month or two. Um, and it really explains like why maybe where you're, you're where you're wanting to direct your energy and drive changes. And so it kind of sets the tone for like, okay, this is a two year cycle of what I'm putting all my energy towards and what's lighting me up and what I want to be driven to accomplish. And then it changes after two years and it's something else completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it really actually, I like to always think of a Mars return. So again, that's like when Mars is in the same sign as it is in your natal chart, like when the transit hits there again. Um, but like, I always find it's a huge reset and like, what do I need to focus my energy on now? It also really helps me to get rid of things that I've been like investing time and energy into where I'm like, why am I still like, juggling this like it helps you to just recognize let's set that down so I can focus on the things that I really want to entertain more I feel like the Mars return too can like those few days surrounding it as it leads up to the natal Mars and then after um there's a lot of frustration and almost like reactiveness around that time like I always get like so true angry (laughs) Yeah, so much, so frustrated, I think. And I I mean, I definitely recognize that in myself as a shadow aspect of Mars. Um, But it really helps you to get clear of like when you are feeling frustrated to just question like, okay, what am I frustrated about? Because it's usually Mars is trying to get your attention to be like, something needs to change here. Like, I don't like putting my energy in here. I feel resentful about this. Like, especially for, you know, if people are uncomfortable expressing anger, which I feel like is something that I grew up not knowing how to express. Um, Mars returns make you confront that. (laughs) During this past Mars return I had in June. So yeah, you can always tell when you have a Mars return when you hear about Mars re-entering that sign that it is in your chart. So Mars was in Cancer in June, in May. And 
I have Mars and Cancer in my birth chart. So that was the return. Um, there was, there was like a lady I was working with for this brand and she was like annoying me so much. And I had to keep, there was like something, there was something about a contract involved that we had. And she like, didn't mention that I would have to pay out of my own pocket for something. And I was like, no, that wasn't stated in the contract. You didn't make that clear up front. And it was this constant back and forth of like me having to be like, no, you cannot do this to me like this. I am putting my foot down. I'm not paying for this. And it was and super it, like, expensive too. Yeah. It went on for like two to three weeks during that entire time Mars was approaching natal Mars and then moving away from it slightly. It was like this constant argument with this woman I was working for. And as soon as Mars like went into Leo out of that like return um, phase, she agreed and there was no more. There was no more argument between us. She just agreed to pay for it. And that's a really good example too, though, of you having to assert yourself in new ways because Mars is the planet of asserting yourself and being more like, you know, like more direct, more confident and like saying, no, this is what I want. This is what I desire and standing up for yourself. Yeah. So definitely bringing up themes like that every time there's a Mars return. And whenever I see Mars, um, a Mars return in someone's chart, I always ask them, like, have you had, like, any blow-ups with friends lately or family? Like, it depends what's happening in their chart. But I see that as something super, super common. And I know the last Mars return, that was true for me personally. Um, But, yeah, it always is just a time where it's, like, increased tension. So it's really important to be aware that that might be something that happens. And sometimes it's, like... Even if you're a pretty peaceful person, people just project things onto you. It's really weird. Like you'll get people who are super aggressive out of nowhere. (laughs) Yeah, no, I got that. Um, At my Mars opposition at the start of 2020. So I do feel like um, for this one, it's kind of important to pay attention to the opposition too, because that's like the halfway mark between the two Mars returns. So when it's in the sign opposite your natal one. So Mars was in Capricorn early 2020 and it literally like someone projected all their anger onto me and made me feel like it was my fault for everything. Oh my gosh. Yes. And that's like so common, especially with oppositions where someone else is involved. Um, We're obviously Mm -hmm. not getting into oppositions as well, or this would be like a five hour long podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's important to note. Yeah. Important to note that like oppositions um, do bring up similar themes too. So if you wanted even more, information on like returns it could be important to look at the opposition too yeah absolutely um and I also also find like the opposition it can be another kind of like check-in point to see like oh how am I in the case of a Mars return like about a year later whatever give or take it's like checking in on those same themes that might come up if you haven't confronted them Yes, so accurate. Um, So that one I think is really important to pay attention to because it does come around a little bit more rarely. And then if we moved on to like the Mercury return and the Venus return, the other two personal planets, those just happen sometime like once a year, sometimes around your birthday, sometimes a little further away. Yeah, but pretty much like in a year, um, Mercury stands for communication learning like how you're processing new information what you're interested in learning about like what what are you socializing about and talking to people about what ideas do you have so I feel like when you pull up a mercury return chart it's important to look at like what is what planets is mercury aspecting 
how is it like placed in the, in the standalone Mercury return chart, which you can get on AstroSeek. Um, what house is Mercury placed in? Maybe that's like where all your thoughts are centered for that year period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think also Mercury too can really show you, I guess, I mean, you touched on like the main themes, I would say, but it does kind of show you like, will communication be easy? Will it be easy to like assert your boundaries or to kind of like, I don't know, those kind of themes related to it. Will like learning, will it be easy to focus? That's a huge one I see. Um, Like if you're studying for something, it can be really helpful to see your Mercury return and just kind of note how you can better support yourself in like a more practical example. Yeah, like this past year, I had a Mercury return in January and I feel like the Mercury was making so many aspects to other planets. It was conjunct Jupiter, Saturn, square Mars, and Uranus. And so it was so activated this year. And I feel like this has been such a Mercury focused year. Like we launched a podcast around that time. We've created a course. I'm also working on something else that requires a lot of writing. Um, And yeah, it just like Mercury, I felt it so much more this year because it's so activated in that return Oh my gosh, yes. And I always find that too, like especially when Mercury is conjunct the sun for that Mercury return, like that was the same for me this past year. And it's just such a focus on communicating and sometimes also like related to yourself. Like I find Mercury conjunct the sun, those years are really big for like, I don't know, almost like reviewing the stories or narratives you're telling yourself, like what beliefs do you hold about yourself? What is limiting or holding you back? Like really helps you really evaluate yeah mercury conjunct the sun um which happens i feel like pretty frequently in a mercury return yeah <laughs> because mercury always makes its return close to the solar return um actually wait that would only apply to some charts but yeah i feel like mercury conjunct the sun in a mercury return is pretty common uh, regardless and that tends to be a busier year yeah like even i can tell just to contrast like this year i had a mercury return And it was conjunct my son exactly like to the degree, whereas the previous year it wasn't. And I can totally see how I'm just like so busy. And I feel like some some days, like at the end of the day, like I'll do like so many readings or we'll do a podcast or whatever. By the end of the day, I'm just like, I can't even speak. (laughs) Yeah, like that's I had that Mercury sun in 2019 and that was like constantly doing events and like reading charts all the time. And it was just very like on the go that entire year sometimes anxious I would say (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah definitely can be helpful especially when I see that it's like so important to focus your energy like for me I'm like okay what is my goal like I make it a goal to actually like finish at least like two of my astrology books a month like that has actually been a goal since that mercury return which is interesting oh my god I love that because I, I always read like 20 week. at once and never finish <laughs> in like a timely manner. So that was kind of funny to see that. Okay, let's move on to Venus return. Similar to Mercury, just involving Venus theme. So friendship relationships, romantic relationships, and like how you handle money. Those could all be themes that come up around the time of the Venus return. And that return could help to reset certain attitudes you have towards your friends, your romantic life, and your finances. Yes, definitely. And I would also just throw in there, it really helps me to like, this kind of goes along with like the money part, but what is it that I value? Sometimes you'll notice like different, even aesthetic tastes or like different 
desires for what you want to spend your energy on. Mm-hmm. And I find like when you look at the aspects Venus is making with other planets, like, so yeah, if you just like pause Venus there at the return, like what is it? How is it connecting to other planets at that same moment in time um, when it returns? It can show like, are you going to make a lot more money this year? Is it going to be, are you going to be financially stressed out? Um, or like the same could go for friendships or romance. Like, is it going to be a year where you're kind of delusional about dating and like you have high hopes for someone and it doesn't work out? Or is there like a breakup? Like 2017 and that Venus return, I had Venus conjunct Chiron exactly. And that was like, oh my God, that was like the worst year for dating. It was like every single person I dated when I first moved to New York, which is like was horrible. And I was so upset about it. Like it like wounded me literally Chiron wounding. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting to think about. Like, I know like this, this past, um, Venus return, I had Chiron exact my moon and that's like, has brought up so much need to like, almost like, you know, really like nurture myself. It's been such a focus. Yeah. I've noticed like, um, like years where I had like Venus aspecting Jupiter were like really friendship oriented, like social oriented years where like all these relationships in my life felt like they were really optimistic and happy. And I was loving going out, meeting people. And then like, you come to a year like Venus square Mars and there was like friendship trouble and friendship fallouts because it's like aggressiveness, um, connecting to Venus and like what Venus symbolizes. Yeah, I definitely see that too. And also I would add like as an example, I have like um, thinking back to 2020 when I had my Venus return, I had when I look at the exact Venus return, I had a Cancer ascendant and moon. And then when you overlay that on my natal chart, it's my second house. So basically it and it was also all that moon was sextile Venus in the 11th. So like literally female friendships who I work with. (laughs) <laughs> and that oh was God, like crazy. the theme of the year. So I've been like, obviously you are an example of that, but just working more with other women and like feeling really empowered and supported by each other has been like such a beautiful theme. And it shows like how detailed these return charts yeah. can get, like how many layers <laughs> there are. It's like you had to make all those connections between all those houses. And it's yep. like, oh, not only is it female friends, but it's tied into work and money. Mm-hmm. And you can even like look back. And so like that was a really positive year for me with like female friendships. Whereas in the past, like I've tended to attract sometimes friendships that are a bit more aggressive. So I feel like that was a really healing year for me to be like, oh, it gets to be different. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, Venus connecting to the moon. Love yeah, that. so positive. What's an example you have, Alice? Do you have a more specific um, one? I guess you already gave one I said example. the Venus Chiron. Yeah, the Venus Mars was honestly like the hardest friendship year. That one's hard. Yeah. Um, what did I have? Like this year, Venus conjunct the sun. So romance and like love was a huge part of like my identity mm. with that Venus return. And like I got into a relationship. <laughs> yeah, like that's pretty pretty like accurate (laughs) um but yeah so it is really important to like look at that and um yeah so that can be like a lot of different things with Venus like money relationships values all of that yeah because like romantic stuff isn't gonna be a huge theme every single year of your life so sometimes like yeah the other other significations have to be pulled in (laughs) I know like sometimes it's like I think 
people associate Venus just with love. And, you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I'm sure you know that that's not just the case. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, let's get into our final ones. Um, the last ones we really wanted to emphasize were Jupiter return and then Saturn return. Um, Jupiter return, we talked about this in a Q&A episode before, but it happens every 12 or so years in your life. Um, so at the age of 12, 24, 36, 48, I could go on 56. Like, <laughs> I'll just keep, wait, no, 48, 60, sorry. Um, yeah, so if you calculate every 12 years out, that's going to be a year where like Jupiter themes are brought up a lot more. Um, it really depends on the house where that return's happening, but feeling like there wants to, you need to have like a lot more growth and expansion in that area of your life. Um, sometimes like it's like, I feel like Jupiter is seen as this planet that's like always positive. And while most of the time, like a Jupiter return can be very optimistic and like throw opportunities your way, you still have to like put in the work to create those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. That's a really important part to emphasize because Jupiter, just think of it as like Jupiter expands everything it touches. So at your Jupiter return, like you might feel literal expansion within you. Like maybe you're uncovering certain talents or gifts you have on like the positive spectrum, but also too, it can just highlight some things that you have been trying to avoid. So that can happen or even like overdoing it on things like it can be a year where you're needing to kind of like, you know, pull yourself back a little bit, like kind of remind yourself you can't do it all. And for Jupiter return, I don't pull up like a separate chart for this. Do you like I literally just look at like, okay, what's Jupiter doing in the house, the natal house it's in? And like, are there any other planets surrounding it maybe at that time of the Mm -hmm. return? Yeah, I think, and it depends, right? Because, like, if someone came to me and, like, I saw that their themes were coming up about Jupiter, like, if that was their concern, if they were, like, wanting to know, like, what is happening exactly at this time, like, I know I'm meant to be growing, but I don't know how, that's where you could look at the Jupiter return and be like, try this. Like, have you been interested in this thing? Like, it's so obvious. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, so yeah, so you just can like seeing do both. You sorry, you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying like definitely the first thing I always look at for all returns, like especially when you get to the, like not the sun and moon, but the other planets, the house that it goes back to is always going to tell you so much. But if you do want to like dive in deeper and get the details of it, you can obviously pull up that extra chart. Another thing I associate with Jupiter return is like learning and education. So again, that might come up at the Jupiter return. And because these last few take um, Jupiter return takes 12 years, Saturn return takes 29, Uranus return we'll get to in a sec. Um, Those take much longer. So I do place more importance like when there is an opposition or like a square even because those can really be like key developmental phases in someone's life. Yes, key developmental phases or like evolutionary phases if you're looking at it like as the evolution of the soul. It's like Jupiter returns are huge to me because I find personally, but in other, you know, client chart readings, it's always just going to be so obvious that they're like wanting to expand. And if they're not, you feel so much like, I don't know, it's almost like you feel like, oh, I have like this potential and I'm not like activating it. Like I know I get a lot of people who come to me who are going through their Jupiter return, like around the ages of 24 or 36, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And then it cut the Jupiter opposition around age 30. So if you count like six years out from the return, that's the opposition. That one also, I feel like coincides with the Saturn return. And maybe it's like the hardest part of the Saturn returns over by age 30. And then it's like kind of reaping more rewards or seeing more opportunities because of like the changes you've made with the Saturn return. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like so tempted to talk more about oppositions but I'll keep it to the yeah, return yeah okay I'm not gonna get into more complicated stuff I promise yeah um, okay so that's really Jupiter returns yeah um Saturn and I would return. say one more thing to add to that is sometimes taking your spiritual beliefs deeper like I'll find for even myself included I know my Jupiter return I was really interested in astrology super super deeply because I almost saw it as like you know, I, I just kind of wanted to explore that more and expand there. Okay, um, next one is Saturn. So Saturn returns. We've literally done a whole podcast episode on this, right, Alice? Yeah, we have. So we're not going to spend like a ton of time here too, but like just to touch over it again, um, Saturn return happens about every 29 years, give or take a few months. Like sometimes it might happen for people a little earlier around 28 while others, it doesn't happen until 30. Um, but yeah, depend. that's when Saturn returns to where it was when you were born. And that takes three decades. And that is really marks like a huge turning point for most people where they really realize like, what do I want to commit to and who do I want to be as like my own adult? So the first 30 years of life, I feel like you're, you kind of orient yourself in relationship to your family and like how you were taught growing up, like what were other people's expectations of you? And then you get to the Saturn return and you're like, what do you, what do I really want for myself? Um, and if you have been like maybe living out other people's dreams or like in a job where you aren't super happy, but you're just like putting up with it or in a relationship that's like that way, the Saturn return can really be a wake up call where you're like, okay. I need to like be more true to myself. I need to change my entire career path or need to get more serious about what I'm doing with work or more serious about my relationships. Hmm. Yeah. I always like to liken the Saturn return as like your rite of passage into like full adulthood. So it's a lot about taking on like greater expect or greater responsibilities. It's kind of like really coming to terms with like wanting to kind of take your own power back too. I find it's a lot of times like, okay, like these things happened in my past, but like how I choose to move forward, how I choose to view that is like also on me. And sometimes it's kind of like restrictive in a sense, but it also can help you in the long run. Yeah. I like how you said it can be restrictive because like when you're in your early twenties or your teens, like the world is kind of your oyster and it's like, I could be anything. I could have any career. And like, you kind of do things on a whim maybe, or there's not as much to lose. Whereas you get to the Saturn return and it kind of feels like those opportunities are closing off a little. And you're like, what? Like, I need to really commit to something and choose like this life path that I want to create for myself. Um, and sometimes that can be hard because it feels like maybe you have less freedom. Um, but I just feel like you you have to put in like hard work somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it's also so important that you don't just try to numb or escape your Saturn return because it's like that's going to come back when you're around 60. And it's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of freaky to think about, but if you're ignoring that at 30, it's like it's going to come back knocking and it's going to be a lot harder to like change because a whole nother three decades have passed. 
I'm a very intense person, but like the way that I see, see it is like, okay, like this wake up call, let's like really dive into it rather than trying to like run from it. Yeah. I got that question before. Like someone was like, um, what if I don't want to do it? Like, can I just like avoid it? And I'm like, literally it'll keep repeating and keep showing up and keep recurring throughout various phases of your life. So why not try to tackle it earlier on? Mm, Yeah. And then you have more time to enjoy it. It's kind of like, you know, I don't know. I always think of liken it to like when you are kind of putting off healing in some area of your life. But then when you look back, you're like, wait, if I would have like, I don't know, like done this healing thing earlier in life, I would have been able to enjoy all those past years like healed from it, you know? Yeah. So I really like this out in return. I do feel like a lot of pressure to be like more of a grown up. Like it's, it's like I can't rely on parents to like bail me out from situations or like do grown up stuff for me. Like it's up to me now. And I don't know. I've just become like a lot more mature already. And that's so interesting. And I I do think it depends a lot like where your Saturn is in your birth chart as well. Like how much of a shock Saturn return will be for you. Yeah, that's really true. So if you want more info on Saturn return and like specific examples, maybe definitely go back to that episode we did in February or March. Yeah, definitely. Um, Okay. And then I guess the last one we wanted to just briefly touch on is you may experience a Uranus return or like kind of mid 80s. Yeah, that happens around the age of 84. Um, I do feel like because it happens so late, this one is really important with the opposition and the squares. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, we're not going to get into that (laughs) stuff. Um, I did want to touch upon actually though, the Uranus opposition, which is 42, half of 84, that is what we call a midlife crisis. And so I do think an important thing to note with the Uranus return and the preceding phases of Uranus around your chart is that there are sometimes like abrupt changes made, or you have like breakthroughs in your life, or you kind of like suddenly get this idea to like do something completely different and like have like seeking more freedom. I feel like those are such themes of the midlife crisis. Yeah. And I mean, again, like all of these returns or oppositions, all these transits are there for you, not like meant to be against you. Like ultimately, I think when you look back at these returns, you can see them as they were trying to like maybe let go of something that was blocking your evolution or your soul growth or helping you to like really step into your potential and your purpose in life. And sometimes you need to like be redirected. And sometimes our human minds are like, no, that's not what I wanted. But like, ultimately the goal is not to just like kick you while you're down it's meant to kind of like help you in some way long term yeah like kind of forcing you to reevaluate where am I going yeah it's like that's all a good the, word for it all of these I think of as like check-in points whether yep. that's checking on each month or each 30 years um but yeah with the Uranus return there's not a ton to say because like I feel like when you're 84 it's kind of like your kids are grown. Like they have their own life. If you did have kids, maybe it's a time if you have kept working or like haven't wanted to start a family or have that be a huge emphasis. Like maybe it's a time of slowing that down and it's kind of like reflecting more on like what your life has been. And I don't know, just seeing yourself not have as many like practical everyday responsibilities anymore. Like you aren't expected from society to be doing anything at that age. Yeah, and I actually, I I really love the way that it's been put 
somewhere like some book I read where it's like yeah you have a Uranus is all about freedom with that your Uranus return it's like okay refocus back on you like what is it that you have learned and how can you maybe share that with others or you know do things that you really really value for those like later years of your life um, mm-hmm. And sometimes, too, it can be a very spiritual return as well. Obviously, I don't speak from personal experience, <laughs> but um, Uranus is a really spiritual planet. So I think it's kind of like a full circle realization of like your body is aging, but your soul is still like intact. I love that. Okay, that's a good note to finish on, too. Um, the other returns, Neptune and Pluto, you won't live to see those. A Neptune return is every 164 years about. So obviously technology hasn't advanced to let us live that long. And then the Pluto return, which is every 248 years or so. That one, yeah, no chance of seeing that one. But with, like I said, with these longer plant, like longer transit planets, like Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, the other cycles are so important to pay attention to, like squares or oppositions. That would be a whole nother episode to get into though. But yeah, those can really tell about defining um, important like turning points in people's lives. Mm. Yeah. And I do want to just touch on like for all of these returns, just to like what the takeaway is, is just to be mindful of it. Use it as kind of a time to reset in that area of life or do a check in with yourself and really try to be as honest as you can, as gentle as you can to be like, okay, maybe I haven't been doing this and I want to more. This is an opportunity where the universe is literally supporting me to focus more on relationships or this or that. So yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, Well, I don't think we have any Q&A today. Is that all is that like, yeah. are we wrapped up? Did you have anything last minute to say? Um, No, I just think, you know, if you are curious to know, like maybe you, you've realized like through this that there's a lot to be said about all these transits and returns and stuff, um, stay tuned because Alice and I are going to be putting something out there soon about how you can learn more about these kind of more transit things. Yes. Oh my God. I'm so excited thinking about it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know this was a really long episode. So if you made it to the end, well done. (laughs) Yes. And tune back in soon for our next episode. I hope you guys have a good week. Thanks guys. Bye.